3: Welcome to Stagecraft, Variety's theater podcast, bringing you backstage and behind the scenes with the stars, creators, and industry leaders on Broadway and beyond. I'm your host, Gordon Cox. On this episode of Stagecraft, I'm talking to the actors Philippa Sue and Jen Colella. Sue, whose TV work includes Dopesick and the upcoming Shining Girls, created the role of Eliza in Hamilton, and Colella created the role of Captain Beverly Bass in Come From Away two performances that we all had a chance to see or see again during the pandemic, with Sue in Hamilton streaming on Disney+, and Kelela in Come From Away on Apple TV+. Plus. Now, the two are appearing together in a new off-Broadway musical at the public theater called Suffs. Written by and starring Shayna Taub, Suffs follows the fight for women's suffrage in the early 20th century, and the actors play two important suffragists, Sue stars as the labor lawyer and bon vivant, Inez Holland, and Kalela plays Carrie Chapman Catt, a veteran leader of the movement. These two co-stars are both in the virtual studio with me to talk acting history, streaming musicals, and onstage mishaps. Hey, Philip and Jen, thanks for joining me.
0: Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you for having us with you.
3: Yeah. So for listeners who don't know much about suffs other than that, it's about the suffragist movement. How do you describe what the show is and what your role is in it? Philippa, let's start with you.
0: Sure. (laughs) Um, Well, I play a a suffragist named Inez Milholland, who is probably best known uh, for leading the suffrage parade um, that happened in 1913. It was the first women's march and the first march in Washington. And uh, she sat on a white horse named Gray Dawn and <laughs> led the march down Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, and I think to sum up the story, it's essentially uh, at its core, the story of the suffragist movement and uh, the, getting the 19th Amendment passed through the eyes of Alice Paul and her comrades and her fellow suffragists that are also fighting for the vote at the same time.
3: Yeah. And that was one thing that I learned in the show the other night is that no one had marched. uh, There had been no protest marches in Washington before that one. That was uh, was a surprise to me. Yeah. It seems late Mm -hmm. for that to have happened. Um, Mm -hmm. But Jen, uh, tell us about your role.
2: Um, I play Carrie Chapman Catt. Uh, she was the leader of the National American Woman Suffrage Association, (NASA) for over 30 years. She was Susan B. Anthony's protege and successor. And um, she represents the old guard in our particular production, um, meaning her way of working towards getting the 19th Amendment passed is through gentility and grace and trying to approach the men like suffrage isn't anything to be afraid of. Um, and then Alice Paul and and her team comes in uh, and they kind of shake up the system that, that my character has had in place for many, many decades.
3: Yeah. And how and when did each of you get involved in the project?
2: I've been involved for six years. I was at mm-hmm. the very first reading of it.
3: Well, playing the same role. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And what about you, Philippa?
2: I got involved a little bit later. I was,
0: um, maybe, gosh, I remember there was like a reading of act one. I think we hadn't quite gotten to act two yet. Uh, and that was me. I want to say in 2018.
2: Um, And didn't you play Alice Paul in that one?
0: Yes, I did. I I started out playing Alice Paul, um, and then eventually, uh, started playing Inez Moholland. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been quite a journey seeing it, you know, and for you, Jen, seeing it from the very, very beginning, but, um you know i i just feel so lucky that i get to be in rooms where i get to see these beautiful ideas you know start from a seed and and germinate into a whole entire living thriving thriving organism it's just really thrilling
3: can you tell us a little bit about what that experience has been like seeing like how has the story shifted because it is such a sort of big sprawling story there are a lot of characters what uh what how has how has the show focused as uh, as the years have gone on
2: It's changed a lot. It's changing, it changed just a second ago. Mm -hmm. Um, We're in rehearsals (laughs) right now and in previews, So um, changes have been constant throughout the entire process. I'd say the biggest change has come with um, the racial reckoning that uh, the entire world is is having right now. um, And Shana going back and making sure that um, uh, diverse voices are more prominent within the show. I think those are the major changes that have happened and they're good ones.
3: Would you agree, Philippa, is that what you've...
0: Yeah, and and just to, I guess, the only thing I would add to that, um, A, how exciting it is to be in a room where we get to come together and tackle those issues um, in our storytelling, but also at the same time, the the public theater, um, this particular rehearsal room has done such a beautiful job at trying to um, embrace the cultural transformation that is happening in our world and, um, you know, we're we're holding it uh, with multiple things at the same time, holding multiple things together. One is our ideals and what we hope that this process and this this story and this world can be. And also at the same time, our own internalized biases that we carry with us, our privileges, and how do we progress? How do we tell a story? How do we come together and seek the change that we wanna see in the world and acknowledge all of those things uh, coming into play at the same time.
3: Yeah. And you just recently started, uh, preview performances pretty recently. Um, how is, how, what have you learned from the audience, uh, reaction to the show?
2: <laughs> so many
0: things. Oh my gosh. Everything. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> On a base level, it's just, people are so thrilled to be in a room again, seeing theater. Um, it's just really powerful and, and, uh, You know, there's still some getting used to. I don't know how you feel, Jen, but I look out and I expect to see, you know, all these faces and I'm seeing a lot of masks, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I am seeing a lot of bright, you know, engaged eyes behind those masks and you can feel it. You can feel the love in the room. You can feel the energy coming back to you Uh, and you just learn a lot in this in this part of the process where you, you know, you're working on something that's maybe changed recently. You're trying to see how an acting moment is going to land you know, and it's nice to have that feedback.
2: Yeah. It makes a big difference, absolutely, to hear laughter, to hear sighs, to hear um, applause in places where we weren't expecting it. And then it's also quite beautiful and humbling and very valuable when we're like, ba and they're like, yeah, sure. And you're like, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. right up." Right we on. thought it was amazing, but maybe- <laughs> tamp that down a bit. Yes, I'm gonna take a look at that. <laughs> yeah.
3: Have there been any onstage mishaps yet? As you're, as you're putting the show together with all the tech and everything?
0: You should ask, have there not been any mishaps?
3: <laughs> ah.
0: Yes, I mean, I mean, it's, here's the beauty of making a musical. There's so many moving parts. Mm-hmm. And I say that figuratively and literally. Mm-hmm. The stage is moving underneath us sometimes. Yeah. And we're wearing skirts, we're wearing heels, we're wearing corsets, there's props, there's you know lights. Like It's just so many elements that are coming together all at once. And um, that's honestly what is so thrilling is that, uh, you know, everybody's got to be on their A game in order to make it work. So like we, I have to acknowledge our backstage crew. We just have this amazing stage management team and backstage crew that are just working just as hard, if not harder than we are, to make all of these things happen. Um, and then, you know, every once in a while you might trip. <laughs> <laughs> On a step or, you yeah. know, you might miss, There's might be something missing that you need that you have to carry on stage with you. But that's what the preview process is for, is to learn all of that stuff. I think it's actually interesting because I didn't realize this until getting into this process, but a lot of people actually don't understand what previews are. Yep. And I I just find it fascinating because I think there's this expectation that like we're open, like once the show's open and we're selling tickets, like it's, done mm-hmm. but there's a whole for us i mean sometimes it's two weeks but sometimes for us like it's a month of mm-hmm. previews before we open before the show freezes where we're changing things constantly we're reteching things and the show that people saw last night is not the
2: show that they're seeing tonight uh and that's really thrilling It's also quite vulnerable to have a world premiere musical on its feet for the very first time in New York City. I understand why you would take a show out of town. Um, To be out of town, you're not necessarily gonna have, like Lin-Manuel came the other night, Leonardo DiCaprio came to like our fourth preview. Um, All of these people are descending on our rehearsal process in essence. And so it's, it's quite vulnerable and thrilling. You're right, Pippa, it really is.
3: What do you, with this project that you have both been involved in for uh, several years now, what do you feel is particularly resonant about the show right now when it's finally landing?
2: I think what's particularly resonant is that it's exciting to hear about these women we didn't hear about and to know, wow, women have been kicking ass for a very long time and to also know there's still work to be done. That we haven't quite gained the equality that we have been seeking for all these many decades and that we are literally passing the torch on to the younger generation to continue that fight so that we can um, continue to strive to be equals.
3: Walking into the public the other night, I feel like SUFFS, at least as you're going into it without uh, seeing it uh, yet, it has some sort of superficial similarities to Hamilton. Like It's at the public in the same theater and it's about you know, a very important moment in American history, and there's a central character who can't stop working and is, and is encouraged by a character played by you, Philippa, you know, to maybe take a breath sometime. but all those like superficial things aside, do you feel like they the those two projects, Hamilton and Suffs, are in any way similar, and in what ways is it doing something completely different? Do you think
2: some well, people are calling it hermelton which I like. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> I heard oh my that. god! I
0: haven't heard that. Isn't yet. that awesome. awesome? I
2: love that. Isn't that incredible? I yeah. see. So I see what ahead. you're saying,
0: Gordon, about the similarities. Mm-hmm. But I will also, I will also add that mm-hmm. I think you you make a point that it both shows expertly take uh, you know the 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 musical theater um, the form of musical theater and play with it and make it their own. And truly, you know, you have two writers who are um, quite genius in how they approach not only the work and the technicality of it, but how open they are with their hearts uh, and their souls in the work. Um, And so, you know, of course, you're going to see similarities because you have two writers who are really taking everything that they know and love about this art form and bringing it to their work. Um, and I think that shines through in both cases. And yes, there's American history there. Yeah. Yes, you know, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I think it just goes to show you that, you know, um, at the end of the day, like we're really interested in, in hearing and seeing stories where we see ourselves in it. And there's a part of us yeah, as audience members that have to contribute to that experience in order for it all to work.
3: And how do you describe the music, the musical style to folks who haven't seen it yet?
2: Oh man, it's, it ranges from Tin Pan Alley to vaudeville, to gospel, to pop, to um, what Shana describes as the music they were working to create to build this movement. Uh, It's unlike anything else you've ever seen. And, and, That's, uh, to also answer your last question, Gordon, what makes it unlike anything else? It has so many different styles that are interwoven and also seem to fit very cohesively. Um, The cool thing about what Shane is doing is that some of her hooks um, feel brand new and exciting and also like something that's been in your soul for a long time. And she does it really brilliantly.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of great uh, anthems. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, you've both played real people in the past, uh, you know, uh, Eliza Schuyler and Beverly Bass for uh, each of you. How how do you approach um, honoring a person who existed, playing a person who existed, and honoring their 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 truth, and then also creating your own character that lives in you? How do you how do you balance that?
2: Lee Silverman, the director, and Shana Taub, um, the writer and composer, have been really wonderful about. Telling us to do our own research and to bring um, ourselves into whomever we have thought the character to be and match that with what's on paper. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's what everybody's doing. It's been super fun to learn about these women and to read not only the books that Carrie wrote, but um, I've actually found it more interesting to hear what other people would say and how they would describe Carrie Cat, and then bring little things into the rehearsal room and now on stage. As Pippa said earlier, now that we have all the elements with the petticoats and the and the corsets and and everything, um, all of that's kind of locking in now. But for me, the best kind of acting, um, and there are many different uh, methodologies and thoughts on this, is bringing one's own self and matching that with all of the research and what's actually in the script and, and combining it. Some people are a vessel and they're like, I become something else and the person drops in. And if you can do that, that's dope. That feels like a magic trick to me. Um, I, I <laughs> can only gather as much information as possible and then information from my own life story and meld the two. And that part of the craft is still very much in process for me. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I have a saying that I use, which is tools, not rules, which mm. I've stole from like a, a teacher. I, I'm pretty sure like an acting teacher. But I, I just think that you're right, Jen. There's like there's so much history. There's so many facts. There's so many photographs from the time and stories. And you could really go down so many different paths in order to you know find this person and this character I read in his biography was very informative. It opened my eyes to a whole different side of her that I didn't know about um, based on you know a Wikipedia page. And so you know that stuff is really useful. And also at the end of the day, we're here to be present in the moment of the story and tell a very specific story and play a very specific role within that story, um, not to let go of all the other elements, but to let it influence what we're ultimately trying to do and what we're ultimately trying to communicate To an audience. Uh, And so, you know, I just think that, especially in live performance, there are things that I'll learn in in Nez's biography that maybe aren't useful to me now, but down the road, when we've gotten, you know, 50 performances under our belt, I'll think, oh gosh, like that moment isn't fresh for me anymore. Maybe I'm Mm going to go back to her biography and just read a little bit of, you know, and I'll find something that I'll sort of bring to that performance. Um, to sort of spark something new, uh, uh, something interesting for myself just as an actor in something so that my mind is sharp and you know, I'm not sitting back on my heels.
3: Yeah. I'll have more with Jen and Philippa right after the break.
4: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BDW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
3: And now, here's more with Jen Colella and Philippa Asu. This is the first time back on stage post-lockdown for both of you. Is that right?
2: Um, I shot the Come From Away uh, yeah. film. Uh, I guess I meant Africa. in
3: front of a live audience. That's right. <laughs> um,
2: yes. Other than concerts, a couple of concerts here yeah. and there, indeed. Yes, it is.
3: And, yeah. and did the experience of uh, lockdown and you know all our uncertainty about theater at the time, did that um, make you approach the work differently now as you're coming to it?
0: I just had a deeper appreciation mm. for you know the fact that I get to be a storyteller and call that my job. Um, you know I'll I'll never take it for granted, ever again. Um, I don't think I did before, but I think I just have a a deeper level of um, love for not only the process in making something, the the conflicts that you might have when you're trying to find a moment, but that beautiful relationship to an audience to to all be in a room together and have this shared experience is so so special um and you really can't i mean these days there are very few places where you can go and sit and not have your phone on for two and a half hours and all mutually agree that that's what you're gonna do you know i don't think it really happens in movie theaters you know i'm not sure how many places you can do that so it feels really special and i i just feel like i i hold that with me um you know every time i get to step on stage like god how lucky how lucky are we
3: yeah. What about for you, Jen?
2: Um, I love that answer so much. I'm still kind of bathing in it. That was really, really <laughs> sweet, Pips. Um, I I think that I am am trying to be more mindful about my self care regimen, uh, about rest, and about. Um, slowing down my pace a little bit so that I have the energy to do what I need to do on stage. I'm really trying to honor the whole, we were moving too fast and saying yes to too many things. Um, So I'm just focusing on this. I'm just focusing on taking care of myself. And it feels good to try to slow down. I'm not completely successful at all times, but I'm trying to slow down so that I can bring as much care to myself so that I can bring my full self to, to the stage.
3: Yeah. You mentioned the "Come From Away" uh, uh, filmed performance that uh, that is now on Apple TV Plus. And uh, Philippa, you did you uh, filmed Hamilton a while ago, but it came out uh, during the pandemic. And I wonder it, that seems like it seems like theater's relationship to the possibilities of digital and streaming and filming uh, is shifting, and that might be something that happens more often uh, going forward. Is that a process you enjoy, and what's it like for you to? Uh, to be in a show that is sort of pitched differently in a way, or is it pitched differently? What do you learn from that process?
0: Well, Leslie would always say, you know, when we were doing some press for um, the Hamilton film, he would be like, this is the best rehearsed film you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> totally, um, And I, it's it's true. I mean, you mm. know, I, I don't how, how many performances did you do, Jen?
2: 1,200. See? <laughs>
0: Now that is the, the most rehearsed film that you will ever see <laughs> because, you know, we, I, I did Hambleton on Broadway for a year and then s- with some change, you know, like six months in public. And it felt so freeing um, to be able to know your show and get to play within it. And, you know, all the the technical elements and the cameras, you know, coming in a little bit closer, like that was mm-hmm. just an opportunity to find something new after having done the show a lot many many times to be able to actually go back and you know dig deeper or go, go a little bit you know tighter and and be a little bit more subdued in certain moments just to play and i think it's just fun and refreshing as an artist to get to do something like that and and it's just so rare i mean you know there's only a couple of shows that have done it uh, up at this up to this point and it's um you know, it's just, it's beautiful. And then there's a thing at the end of it. There's a product, there's something that you can watch to, you know, at least for us to like, look back and say, Oh my gosh, remember that? Like, that I never saw that moment on stage. I'm so glad that it was caught on camera because I was backstage, you know, drinking water and drinking some tea. So it's exciting to see the work
2: of the other people you're working with and really just, you know, get to celebrate it. Yeah. I agree. That was the most thrilling part for me of coming back to Come From Away, Um, making friends with the camera. You know, that we're, it's like a little alien, another scene partner in my face. So I was like, I have to make friends with you and pretend like you're not here right on. <laughs> um, and, and yes, and find new things. Trust that if I raised an eyebrow, I didn't have to worry about the balcony scene, that That I could have uh, more internalized uh, thoughts and, and emotions um, and actions within the character. That was super fun. And then, yes, Pippa seeing it, having this thing after that we can see, I... Um, We're on stage pretty much the whole time for Come From Away, but we're usually seated behind whatever scene is going on. So i had been listening to my colleagues say these things for the past five years. I had never seen their faces. I I was so moved by what they were doing and, and how good they are in the show that that was also an added bonus to the whole experience.
3: Yeah what for each of you do you consider the particularly sort of formative musicals for you growing up or plays that, uh, kind of inspired you to, uh, you know, develop a passion for theater and do it, uh, choose to pursue it.
2: <laughs> you want me to go Pippa?
1: <laughs>
2: um, yes. okay. Well, Barbara Streisand was the first, um, like voice that I heard with consistency in my house. And I can remember being very, very small, held by my mom. She was dancing and singing along with Barbara. And I connected in that moment, joy, uh, to the vibration of my mother's voice. Matching with Barbara Streisand's voice. Something in me in that moment was like, wow, there is joy in Barbara. So, <laughs> Barbara was definitely a gateway into following something that opened up my heart. Um, and I lived in South Carolina. I was born in Charleston and, and grew up in a small town named Somerville, just outside of Charleston. There wasn't a lot of theater. So, I didn't get to see a huge production until uh, uh, high school. I went to go see Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> and that, for me, seeing the the, how big the set was, the costumes, the the grandeur of it all matched that tiny vibration of like what Barbara had kindled into a full-on passion yeah. Babs
0: can't go wrong with Babs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, just the best. I think my I mean well, yeah, I think I think my first exposure to um, musical storytelling was probably um, the Mary Martin Peter Pan. <laughs> oh yeah. And it was like shot live. I'm pretty sure that that was live. And um, and then also Mary Poppins, uh, mm-hmm. Julie Andrews, you know, mm-hmm. a voice for the ages. And ultimately, I think with both, um, it really spurred this part of my imagination that could come out and be for other people. You know, I was a kid that was like always sitting in my room and you know, all my toys and objects were like people and characters and, you know, they all had names and stories. And, and eventually that play, you know, turned into playing those games with my friends. But then eventually after seeing something like Mary Poppins, after seeing Mary Martin's Peter Pan, you know, it was like, oh, but this can also be shared for other people because Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying this. So maybe there's a part of me that also wants to create things like this so other people can watch it and, you know, I got into dance. I got into some improv classes, some singing lessons, and that's just where I I felt the most joyful. And so I just kept, you know, following, following that. And, mm-hmm. You know, here I am.
3: And what do you consider uh, sort of your most formative moments as as an artist?
0: <sighs> the hard moments. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I feel like whenever I've had any sort of. Um, epiphany or breakthrough in in what I'm doing, it usually comes after a moment where I feel like I'm in the, in the dark. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, I learned, I went to drama school and I learned there, you know, how to deal with, um, failures, how to deal with, uh, feeling like you're not quite getting there or, um, you're doubtful. Um, and, and really taking it as, a a sign that there's something to be learned there. There's an opportunity there um, to dig deeper, to not shy away from it and uh, embrace it.
2: I, um, I did stand up in uh, Los Angeles after my graduate school stint. And um, I learned a lot uh, because I could fail on stage and I did uh, miserably and I had no one to blame. It was my joke, it was my delivery, it was my timing. Um, and I realized that I could fail miserably on stage and then get them back in the next breath. And mm-hmm. the world kept right on spinning. And so I really try to remember that when I am feeling insecure, when something does go wrong, to let it go, to trust that I can get them back, then I can get me back and keep moving forward. Stand up really, really helped me in that regard. Yeah.
3: So you're both in suffs for the run, however long it runs. Um, and uh, what what else is, what's on your plate coming up after that? Do you know?
0: I uh, shot um, a TV show uh, last summer um, for Apple TV called The Shining Girls. And that's actually coming out at the end of April. Yep. So um really excited for that. And I wrote a children's book. So hopefully, you know, that, that's a little more further off into the, the distant future, but um, I'm really excited for can,
3: that. Can you tell us about it? What age range, yeah. what it's about?
0: Um, yeah. I mean, well, it's it's definitely, um, I would say, closer to like a a three to eight age range. It's for younger kids, you know, definitely like a hardcover picture book. Um, but I wrote it with my sister-in-law, Maris Pasquale Doran. And um, it was you know, one of those things that we always talked about. And then the pandemic happened and life happened. And uh, you know, we were both like, let's do it. Let's not, let's not wait. Let's just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the first time I've ever written anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's really, um, essentially, its focus is around the story of this little girl who's basically my avatar. Um, her name's Piper. Mm-hmm. And, um, she loves music and she loves to sing. And so it f- sort of follows her journey in, um, in, you know, understanding her love for singing and, uh, uh her stage fright and dealing with that. Uh, and it's, it's very sweet.
3: Did you work with That's an artist so on
0: awesome.
3: that? that your, it, did you work with an artist on that as well? Was, was, uh, your like sister-in-law the artist? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we, yeah. we're Excuse working me.
0: with an illustrator. Yes. Her name's Chin yeah. Lang. Uh, and she's a Canadian uh, artist, um, and she's just great and extremely just, um, imaginative and beautiful and vibrant. We, we love, we love her. So we're really excited.
3: Do you know when we should look out for that Yeah,
0: Not sure. Not, there's nothing official yet, but, okay. um, but yes, we are working on it and, uh, yeah, we're really excited.
2: Great. Um, I'm excited for that. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so fun. That's so cool. Thanks. Yeah. Um, I do have some things in the pipeline, but I can't speak of them yet. Um, so stay tuned. Stage Love that.
3: Stage or beyond?
2: It's it's on stage. Great.
3: All right. Well, we will look out for that. But first, we will see you both uh, in SUFFS. Thank you so much for uh, joining me. It was great to speak with Thank you.
2: Thank you, Gordon. Appreciate Thanks, you. Gordon.
3: Thank you. That was Philippa Sue and Jen Colella, now appearing in SUFFS at the Public Theater. If you like what you're hearing on this and other episodes of StageCraft, I'd really appreciate it if you took the time to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us grow our audience of folks who love theater as much as you and I do. Or tell a friend about StageCraft. Or give us a shout-out on social media. Find past episodes and subscribe on all the pod places, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and on the Broadway Podcast Network, which is a great place to find more theater for your ears. I'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. Until then, find me on Twitter at gcoxvariety. Variety. Thanks for listening, and see you at the theater. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud.